0: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our big time talker podcast. We have new episodes for you every Tuesday and you can download them at Apple, iTunes, iHeartMedia, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast entertainment. And it's all made possible by SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. So if you're a speaker, maybe you like to go out and talk at the Rotary Club, the local Kiwanis Club, uh, or a a huge stage like Tony Robbins stage, or maybe you're a meeting planner and you need speakers. Well, you can find one another at the robust search engine platform at SpeakerMatch.com. I wish you were here with me to see the view that I have looking out the ninth floor studio window here at the Hilton Blue, Ragoon, uh, blue Lagoon Resort in Miami. It's the end of the day. The clouds are pink and blue and fluffy as we oversee the uh, the Miami skyline and the lagoon. And we try to concentrate on what we're doing, which is talking to Reader's Favorite Award-Winning Authors. The Reader's Favorite Awards are happening now, and there are over 400 authors here in Miami to accept their awards. One of them sits to my right, Daniel Fazina. His book is called Divine Intervention, 50 True Stories of God's Miracles Today. And he's got a bunch of big names that that say great things about the the book. But I want to go right to some of these stories You and I have a broadcast background, and you took this background as someone who's interviewed lots of people and talked to lots of people to go out and look for these stories of divine interventions, and there are some head turners in the book. Is there one that really stands out to you above the others?
1: Well, there's uh, 50 of them in there, so it's hard to choose one that really stands out, but I think one that I I really love to relate is uh, my good friend Josh Bender, um, Josh was shot between the eyes at point-blank range. Uh, the bullet went in the bridge of his nose, somehow missed his brain, ended up in the back of his neck, and the doctors could not figure out how it got there without leaving a trail of, or a swath of destruction through his brain or killing him. And he eventually ended up making a full recovery, and the doctor who took the scan said, I don't understand this. I'm going to have to go back to church uh, because this is a miracle. And that's just one of 50 uh stories like that in this book, Divine Intervention. So it even
0: says in the, the book cover, you know, Stranger to the Supernatural. And through the, the radio show that you've done for years and years, you've talked to a lot of people with these stories that defy explanation. And and you've even experienced miracles in your own life, uh, healings from cancer and and all that. If someone is listening right now and they're not, uh, inclined to be a believer, mm-hmm. what would you tell them in all these things that you have seen th- that might give them a fresh perspective?
1: Well, I think Burke. Um, first of all, if uh, if someone has made up their mind that God doesn't exist, I don't think any amount of proof or evidence would convince them otherwise. Okay. And similarly, if they're a real, true believer, they don't need evidence. You know, they already believe in. Uh, And that's great. So this book is more for people who are open-minded. So it's going to challenge believers, or challenge unbelievers, rather. Okay. It's going to encourage believers. But if if you're on the fence and you're just open-minded and you can look at the evidence and say, wow, you know, there might be more to this life than meets the eye, uh, I think it'll it'll help them, just sway them towards the possibility that maybe God is real. Maybe he's working in the world. And I went through great lengths uh, to include medical documentation in the back of the book. So you can see... Uh, X-rays, like my my friend Josh that I mentioned, his, right. his X-rays in there. You can see the bullet in the back of his neck. You can see medical reports from places like Cedar Sinai Medical Center, um, uh, the Mayo Clinic, in in uh, Minnesota. Uh, all sorts of uh, medical documentation where that was warranted.
0: You know, I'm glad you included some of that documentation in the book because actually, I was going to ask you. As a guy who's trying to make a book hang together and you're looking for these great stories, did you still look at some of them with a skeptic's eye and go, man, I don't know. I need to dig into this a little bit more and see if it is real.
1: Yeah, I think there were uh, there were some that just really, they're just mind-blowing. I mean, I, I've there's people in there that I've uh, interviewed who've been raised from the dead and they tell their stories of being on the other side, having near-death experiences, seeing heaven and hell. And it's like, I, there were eyewitnesses there that can corroborate that they were dead, but I don't know what happened. You know when they were out. You know? Right. I mean, they're, sure. just, they're just relating their experiences. So there's some things in there that just uh, you can't prove. So you have to take on faith.
0: And were there any stories when you began to look into them that did not pass the smell test?
1: <laughs> yeah, there were a couple um, early on, but uh, you know, and and also the the publisher also went through great lengths too. They had to get signed affidavits from everybody, from witnesses, people who were mentioned in the book, and the medical documentation. Gathering that, I mean, it was like herding cats, because you're dealing with 50 different people, different stories, and uh, it took a long time, several years, to gather all this stuff. And uh, eventually, we got it done. But it's interesting, though, because the publisher was not going to include the medical documentation. I'm like, what do you mean? Why is that? They're like, oh, that's just for us internally, so we know it's true. But I'm like, what about the readers? You know, they would, I think they would really benefit from it. Well, sure. So after some fighting, we went back and forth, and they they agreed to include it in an appendix. Um, So I'm really glad that that happened. I don't know of any other book that does that, you know, that actually includes the medical documentation.
0: You've got some stories that that I want to dive into that deal with addiction. Um, The area that I grew up in has just been ravaged by opioid addiction mm. the last 10 to 15 years. Is there an addiction story that really touched you and and you went, wow, this is somebody who went from one extreme to the other?
1: Yeah, um, there are several actually in there, but one, my friend Kevin Frolic, Uh he was addicted to marijuana, drugs, uh, all sorts of drugs, and alcohol as well. Um, and he was also into the occult, uh, so he was dealing with spiritual forces as well. Uh, but he actually, um, he actually was demonically possessed. I mean, he had, demonically possessed. He had spirits controlling him. Yes, and he could do really bizarre things with these so-called occult powers that he had. Give me but, an example. <clears throat> well, he said he could manipulate people through thoughts. He could read their minds. Uh, he could do all sorts of things like casting incantations and spells. Wow! But eventually, he realized he couldn't control it and these demonic entities would be torturing him, and he was going crazy, literally insane, Uh, and he sought the help of a pastor who prayed over him. Uh, Him and his team literally did an exorcism, prayed over him for over 12 hours, cast out these demons, and he was changed, uh, never the same again, and now he's a uh, a missionary, actually a Christian missionary, gone all over the world and shared his story. Um, So that's just one of the amazing stories in there the power of jesus christ to set somebody free even when they're involved in the satanic and the occult and all that addiction
0: did you know him when when he was in that very dark place
1: no i did not he was uh introduced to me by my cousin who knew him went to church with him and he said hey you got to interview this guy you're not going
0: to believe this story right Yeah. yeah it was
1: very powerful he's an amazing guy
0: there's also a story that's mentioned on the back cover about um a terrorist a muslim terrorist yes Tell me about that,
1: Kamal Salim, Yes, uh, one of my favorite stories in the book. He was uh, recruited by the PLO at the age of seven, growing up in Lebanon, and he went on his first mission to Israel, smuggling weapons into the Golan Heights uh, through tunnels in there, and carrying duffel bags with ammunition and explosives and stuff like that. At the age of seven, he was seven years old. Seven years old. Yes, and he was taught in assault camps how to, uh, you know, shoot an AK forty seven. Katusha rockets, learned how to slit throats from a very young age. I mean, he was being trained for jihad to wage war against the Jews and uh, Christians if necessary. And he ended up being a warlord, taking part in the civil war, fighting the Christians in Afghanistan, um, I'm sorry, in Lebanon, okay. fighting the Russians in Afghanistan, eventually coming to the United States and um, waging culture jihad, they call it. He came as a student visa trying to recruit here convert people to Islam and train them for jihad. And
0: here in America so he was what they call one of the embeds Yes, an in embedded America, terrorists.: yeah. He
1: would go from mosque to mosque teach, teaching the jihadist mentality and raising money for the PLO and uh, while he was here he got into a car accident <clears throat> and uh, all the guys who took care of him were Christians and the doctors and the nurses they prayed for him and they helped him uh, get back on his feet they had no idea who he was they didn't know what his agenda was. He came as a student, student
0: right, visa, right?
1: And he, he started questioning his beliefs. He said, "These people that I hate, they're good people. You know, they're they're pure, they're kind, they're they're loving. They have a relationship with God." He said, "In Islam, they didn't have any of that. Like, Allah is up there. You're down here, and you try to do what you can to please Him. But God, like Allah, never spoke to him." And he ended up questioning those beliefs, and he had a divine intervention where he actually cried out to Allah. Didn't hear anything. And then he heard a voice. He was actually going to kill himself. He was going to off himself with his gun. Wow. Because he says, I can't tell my colleagues that I'm going to leave Islam. They'll, sh- they'll shoot me in the head in five sure. seconds, you know? So he heard a voice that said, Kamal, the, the, the God of the Christians, the Jews, and the Muslims play, pray to God of Father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, Why don't you give the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob a chance? So that's what he did. He got down on his knees facing east like a good Muslim boy. It's God of Father Abraham. If you're real, speak to me. He didn't pray to Allah. He just prayed to God, and he said he had a vision. He said he saw Jesus. Basically, he saw a figure, Jewish shawl, holes in his hands, and God revealed Himself. You know, and he he just knew that Jesus was real, and he gave his life to Jesus. Became a Christian minister and evangelist, and he left jihad and Islam behind.
0: Where is he today?
1: He's in America. He's in a. Um, he's married to an American woman. He lives in an indis- undisclosed location in America. Okay. Because uh, he's had a lot of uh, death threats against him, from sure. his family, and others. Sure. So uh, it's a big deal when you leave Islam, particularly in that sect of Islam where you're, you know, recruiting for jihad.
0: Do you um, do you believe in and touch on? And I don't know if I'm using the right term here, divine healing
1: in the book? Absolutely. I've experienced it myself. And that's what really uh, was the impetus for me to put this book together. Because I, in 2002, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a massive tumor in my chest, the size of my heart. It wow. Was sitting right above my heart. And doctors said I could be dead within a matter of weeks to a couple of months, three months at the most. And, um, you know, that was a time where I was. I had to really just depend on God. I could not fix myself. The doctor said they would give me treatment. They weren't sure if it was going to respond. Uh, But again, if it didn't, I would be dead within a few months. So I had a lot of people praying for me, a lot of uh, people laying hands on me, anointing me with oil. I had many different types of therapies. And uh, six rounds of chemo, they said, you know, we'll take a halfway point scan in three months to see if they were hoping that the tumor would be smaller. Sure. And... uh, Burke, when I got that halfway point scan it came back completely negative done like the t- no more tumor no more cancer no side effects from it like it was amazing and I actually have pictures in the book of my scan where you can see the before and after with uh, there's like two black spots in my cavity in my chest cavity one is the heart one is the tumor and then a few months later you can see a completely clean pet scan so You know, when I went back to work, I had been out for probably six, seven, eight, nine months, I guess. Right. When I went back to work, I would share what I went through with my coworkers who were all incredulous about this. And I said, well, if you think what I've been through is amazing, you should hear about my friends' stories. Because, you know, I've been a Christian. I've been a follower of Jesus since I'm very young. And I know a lot of people have experienced divine healings. So I started sharing those stories, like my friend Josh that I mentioned. Another friend of mine was... Wasting away and dying from AIDS, and God healed him, restored him, I and mean, he's happy and healthy today. You know, um, uh, so many stories like that. So they're like, Yeah, you should go around and talk to these people and put them in like a documentary film or a book or something. So that's, that's what I did. I started tracking them down and say, Hey, remember that story you told me? I'm doing a book, let's get it together. And uh, so, Divine Intervention 50 True Stories of God's Miracles Today is a result of that.
0: It sounds inspirational, it sounds amazing. And, and one of those books where it's, it's you know, these, these incredible things you can't even imagine happening. So the skepticism that I'm sure you run into out there is off the charts. Is I'm that is sure. Is that ever difficult
1: for you? It, it used to be. And I mean, I grew up in Long Island, New York. It's not the Bible. <laughs> <end. It's, there's laughs> not a lot even of, close. No, there's a lot of skepticism and unbelief. And, and most of the people I shared my story with were not believers. You know, my coworkers at, at work and stuff. Right. But, they, they were not necessarily Christian, and, but they encouraged me to, to do this book. And, and really, I did it for the skeptic and the believer, but someone who's open-minded, really. Uh, like I said before, if you've already made up your mind and you're not open-minded to it, it you know, no amount of evidence is going to convince you. And if you're already a believer, you don't even need the evidence. But like I said, if you're if you're on the fence, if you're exploring, if you're open-minded, you know, take a look at the stories, look at the documentation, and say, hey, you know what? Maybe there's more to this than than I thought.
0: Did any of your doctors, when you had your own personal cancer uh, scare, did, were they uh, believers? Were they skeptics? Were they? You know, what do they say when they see these? It just go away.
1: Yeah, I had several doctors. Uh, three in particular, I could tell you about. The guy who I started with, he was an Indian doctor. I think he was Hindu or something. He was very um, cautiously optimistic, and he was very pleased with the outcome of it, uh, that the tumor had disappeared. Uh, the guy who took over from him, the oncologist, I believe he was, like, Eastern European or something. He, he didn't believe in miracles at all. And I, I, I said, you don't believe in miracles? He's like, no. But, no, he corrected himself. He said the only miracle he believed in was having a healthy baby. That was it for him. Okay. Okay. Um, the cardiologist, on the other hand, uh, I had gone to see him a year after I was uh, declared in remission. Uh, now, I had never met him, but he, he had read my original echocardiogram video, and he, he made my uh, my echocardiogram a test case, and he showed it to all of his students because it was so dramatic. This tumor was so large, it was cr- crushing my pulmonary artery, so I wasn't getting enough oxygen. Sure. I, mean, I was literally you know suffocating. Right. But he remembered me from the test case. A year later and he said you know not only is it as amazing that the tumor disappeared but it didn't even leave any scar tissue behind he said normally when tumors retract they'll leave scar tissue and he said mine was completely clean so I think that was just God you know dotting the I's and crossing the T's and saying hey you know what I, I was here for you and I helped you
0: sometimes things are just bigger than we are yes the book is called divine intervention 50 true stories Oh, God's Miracles Today. Daniel Fazina is the author and uh, also the host of the Divine Intervention Radio Show.
1: It's a reader's favorite five star award winner. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. I'm so, I'm so happy. And the audiobook just came out, too. So last year, the physical book won bronze in its category. And this year, the audiobook won silver you know, for nonfiction. And you read the book yourself? Uh, well, interestingly enough, I read some of the stories. There are 32 different narrators in the book for the 50 stories so some of the uh, original people who uh, were in the book, read their own stories. Oh, nice! Or if they weren't available or were not good narrators, I hired people or I had other volunteers. But it came out amazing, authentic accents like from Africa, New Zealand, and England, and all over the place. So it was awesome. Congratulations! Thank to you. the
0: audio book and the physical book both available. Also, I'm sure you can get it on an e reader as well. An ebook.
1: That's right. Yes, ebook as well. Uh, DivineInterventionRadio.com is the website if you want to check out any of the archives, the interviews I've done with some people. Wow, we've had amazing stories in their
0: life. This will certainly put a smile on your face. Divine Intervention. Daniel Vizina is the author. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Speaker Match, for sponsoring our Big Time Talker podcast. New episodes every Tuesday. I'm Burke Allen, live in Miami. Now go out and make it a great day. Bye, everybody.